0: All right, all right. Welcome back to another episode of the Untamed Life. You guys, today's uh, conversation is going to be relatively short and sweet. I just have to adjust my screen there. Um, relatively short and sweet, but I think really powerful. I want to share some things I came through in my morning study, my morning reflection, uh, specifically around the area of multiplication. I've been doing a lot of digging into the conversation around our vision, our mission, our calling, like how do we step into more of that place that we're really created for, you know, more of that place that we're created to operate in as leaders. And how do we start to multiply, really multiply our God-given gifts, our talents, channel them in the right places, right? So that they multiply because, you know, I love that verse where it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else, everything else, all these things will be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. And here's the thing, that's Matthew six thirty three. by the way, for those of you who don't know that verse, it's just, as I meditate that more and more and more, you think about how much of our life, how much of my life have I spent chasing, striving, pushing my way through, stressing about having anxious nights, sleepless nights, worrying over, right? The profit margins, the business growth, the, you know, the outcomes, that really are out of our control, right? The outcome is out of my control. What I, what is in my control is the intention. Is the effort is the consistency. It's what I bring to the table. But really the outcome of whether or not our children will, <laughs> you know, be healthy and in healthy relationships. And if they're going to really see their own value and their worth, the outcomes of how much revenue we're going to create or how much profit margin we're going to have or how fast we're going to grow or how, you know, are you going to get that promotion? is the business that you're launching going to take off? Is this book I'm writing going to be successful? Like the outcomes are really in God's hands. You know, we can do a lot to try to set the right environment so we get as close to the outcomes as we want, but they're not guaranteed, right? not guaranteed sustainably. And this brings me back real quick to the days when I did have this studio and I used to have these people come in and they'd want to lose weight, want to lose weight. And the thing is like, you know, I can give you the protocols, I can give you the plan and we can get you the weight, but to sustainably keep it off, you know, It's it's a two-way street, right? There are certain protocols, there's certain habits you can put in place, but nobody can necessarily guarantee that you're going to weigh this amount, you know, if there's other things going on with your body. Part of it becomes a collaborative, cooperative experience with your body. How much rest does it need? What is your body's set point for the weight that feels natural and healthy for it? Like I can try and try, but I'm not going to weigh 110 pounds, you know? (laughs) And if I got there, I would not hold it sustained. So there's this flux in the outcome. When we try to will our way, that is kind of like the best I can do is this. But when we talk about sustainable outcomes that actually are multipliers, right? Multiplying exponentially, bringing in way more than we thought possible. I call that like, that's like God's hand is on those things, right? There's just things that you have multiplied and now sometimes it 's the finances, sometimes it 's the way that the business has grown or the opportunities that open up that just seem like divine moments god 's hands all over it, and you know that you know that it 's beyond your ability, beyond your own doing, and there's a peace when we live in that place so i you know this has been a huge shift for me as I moved move more and more away from my ego's desires of having to control and chase and make sure everything is all structured. Right. And drop into more of that place of obedience that I spoke about last week, which is like, Lord, where are you leading me now? Father, what are we doing now? Right. Like God and listening to the soul and listening to the spirit and going within I'm really tuning in my ears to hear the inner voice right of my heart like really is this a surface level desire of my heart or is this like in the depths of my heart and my being like it was planted there right are these surface level desires of my ego or are these like convictions and must deep in my spirit that I just feel like I must move on even though they don't make logical sense you guys can go back and listen to that episode on obedience that I did last week which is really the art of listening and fine tuning our ears, having the desire and the ability to hear clearly and want to desire to respond in that right way, in that aligned way. And I think that when we start to move that way, that's really what Jesus was saying when he was like, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God, which is to be in this covering, to be in this presence, to be in this way of operating where he can do so much more in us and through us. And we're able to accomplish so much more from a place of peace, when we're in that place. So, you know, I I was reading this morning on the four qualities, there was four qualities, um, that are catalysts, four qualities or five qualities, catalysts for divine multiplication. So things in our character, and there are many, but I was unpacking these and then I had this like, boom, really humbling moment come through. And then there was four questions that came afterwards. So I want to share my process that I went through this morning, but the four qualities or characteristics for, for someone to hold and have in their character that I think really invite divine multiplication in. And this was drawn, you know, also from a, a biblical context, the story of Rebecca, you guys can go read that, of how she just showed up with such a servant's heart, with such an eagerness, and she was blessed beyond measure as Isaac's wife. But, you know, beyond that, the the first thing is an eagerness, an eagerness, right? A desire that says, I'll do it. I'll do it. I just got off an interview with a potential candidate to be uh, you know, Mark and I's integrator. We're hiring for an integrator role. And it's like, do we have that person on our team that is like, we put something out there, they see the need and they're like, I'll do it, I'll do it. And there's an excitement, there's an eagerness, there's an, a delight, there's a desire to want to step up and please not from a people pleasing place, but from an eager spirit, an eager heart. And again, I think it's part of that childlike wonder too, that says, you know what? And, and as I started to rephrase this and in, in just even saying like, not even God, but like father, I think about, you know, over the weekend, we were doing so many things around the house with the kids and we were doing yard work and we were planting rose bushes and tearing up old bushes and, you know, setting up games in the backyard. And we have our six-year-old, Everett. And he is so eager, right? He's like, you start pulling out a box and he's like, can I do it? Can I get involved? Like he's so eager. And then there's the others that maybe aren't quite as eager, right? They're more in the grumbling. That's like, do I have to do it? And so it just, you know, made me tune into like, am I eager? to say yes, eager to say, yes, I'll do it. I'm excited about that. So that's the first one. The second one is excellence. And this is something that you have heard me talk about. If you guys are listening to the podcast, you've heard me speak on this, something that we're really working on upgrading inside our home, the standards inside of our home of how we care for the things that we've been so abundantly blessed with. We have a beautiful home, really a beautiful home in a beautiful neighborhood on the golf course. Like we have beautiful things we've been given so much have been blessed. And as we Mark and I continue to be convicted of, you know, where have we been sloppy? Like, where have we not been operating from excellence, from a desire to provide excellently, serve excellently, right? Like where excellence hasn't been the standard, but we've just like good enough, you know? And so the quality of really coming back to excellence. And again, as I shared the story of like, as we work on this with our children, we also, the huge light shines onto us to go, oh, But you haven't been holding the standard of excellence for your health, for your spiritual walk, for how you maybe manage bill flows or inflows or outflows, or even taking care of certain things, you know, and it's, it's the simple things like the messy garage where you can't find things that just take up and waste time. They waste resources And I'm not coming at this from a place of judgment or, you know, accusing or feeling guilty, but really one of the things we're working on cleaning up around here is organization, structure, flow, right? Making things easier, staying on top of things, playing from ahead instead of always putting out fires. And again, we're not here to beat ourselves up and go, oh, why are we doing this again? But this is a common conversation that we have with leaders inside of our homes regularly with leaders that we're coaching is like, they feel like they're always putting out fires. They're always playing from behind. When we look at multiplying, becoming a multiplier of time, where you're like, man, time just works for me and with me. And it's like, what you see is that there is an excellence in the priorit- prioritization and what the focus is that we focus on with our time, right? We're not putting out fires. We're not playing for behind. We're okay. We're willing to slow down, to look ahead, to prepare the systems, to get the automations in place, right? Simple things like today, after this call, I'm going to my hair appointment. If you guys are watching this on video, I'm sorry. But, you know, and I realized the other day that I had automated my hair appointments, which I was like, oh, you know, it's something simple, but it's one thing that takes up my time, my mental bandwidth and so whether it's hair appointments car appointments bill payments um, groceries like anything and everywhere that we can simplify and streamline and automate and create simpler systems that create more time they open up more time more mental bandwidth I think that's a quality of excellence that says I'm going to you know steward my time also excellently um, so this this character, around excellence is like, am I a woman of excellence? Are we leaders that are leading excellently? Are are we instilling these values in our children? And so to me, the equivalent of this, you know, where, where eagerness says, yes, father, I'll do it. Yes, God, I'll do it. You know, it's like pick me, right? I'm I'll do it. It's not even that pick me energy. It's like the excitement, the excellence says, father, I'm going to do it. Well, right? And this right away, the image that popped up is I think about as a mother, if one of my kids just learned how to drive and I'm about to hand them the keys to the car. It's like, are you going to drive it well? Are you going to complain that you have to take your brother or your sister there? Are you going to be, you know, not paying attention when you're driving, smashing into medians, rubbing up against bushes? Are you saying, yeah, mom, I'll do it. And I'll do a really good job. I'll be extra attentive. I'll pay attention to the details, right? And that's the heart, isn't it? That allows us to say, you know what? I'm going to bless you even more. You're going to get to use the car even more, right? So can we be in more of this energy? The third quality here, and I'm busting through these because I have a tight timeline today. So today's podcast is going to be a little condensed, but still is potent. The third quality here is responsiveness, responsiveness. And so a lot of us, again, are very good at reactiveness, reacting to the things that trigger us, reacting to the people that frustrate us, reacting to the thing that our spouse did wrong or didn't say or our kid did wrong or what the email came in or the, you know, the promotion we didn't get or the clients that didn't sign or the deals that fell through. We react, but are we responding? not only responding from a place of kindness and grace and boldness sometimes and really responding courageously, but are we also responding towards needs that we see in our team, in our family, in our communities? And are we responding to needs before being told that we need to go? And again, I'm using these analogies of the kids because there's a lot of overlap here But again, as I think about simple things, you know, around the house, right? Like we're cooking dinner Sunday night. We had our our kids here. I think we had like eight people in the kitchen. We had kids. We had had kids sleeping over all weekend. It's Sunday night, family night, and everyone's in the kitchen. And it was like, what can I do to help, right? What can I do to help? I see a need can I go ahead and set the table before I mask? Can I go ahead and like turn the grill on before I mask? You know, can we clean up the mess before I mask so that when we sit down, we can chill and now it makes it easier on us later. I mean, those are some simple, simple examples at home. But again, it's like a lot of us haven't even cultivated these skills at home. (laughs) Like we weren't taught this. Responsing responsiveness or being attentive to other people's need, not out of guilt or fear, but truly as a desire to be a contributor. And I think that responsiveness and contributor, really, they go hand in hand. And that's, you know, if eagerness was, I'll do it, Father, and excellence was, I'll do it well, Father, then responsiveness says, I see a need there. I'm going to move Towards it, mom. I'm going to move towards it, dad. I'm going to move towards that God, and I'm going to trust that. It's going to take care of itself, right? And this has been a huge one in business because there's been times where I've been moved to, you know, coach someone for free or do something or give something away. And I saw a need and I wanted to offer something. And I'm sure this happens all the time to us, right? And it's like, as I move towards it, it's like a blessing comes in the back door, right? And you're not doing it to get, but you, because we're in this responsiveness right? That we're moving towards the needs that we see, we're anticipating, we're looking ahead and we're moving into that place. We are abundantly blessed on the back end. And again, these are like laws of like, this is just how universal laws really, if we think about it. And that's why I keep using the parent paradigm because we can see it so clearly in our own children. Can't we? We're like, how many times do I ask my kid to do something? And they're like, ugh. Do I have to? They're not eager. They're grumbling. They're complaining. They're doing it slowly. They're not hurrying up to get it done. They're just like dragging it out and complaining. And sometimes we do this too, where we volunteer for something or we step up and we say, I'm going to do this. But then we're like complaining or dragging our feet or doing it resentfully, right? we're not doing with excellence. We're just like, what's the minimum I got to do? We see it in our kids, right? They do the bare minimum. (laughs) Clean your room. Okay. I'm just going to pick up three things off the floor. It's like the bare minimum, but are we instilling excellence? Are we instilling eagerness? Are we role modeling this stuff? Are we instilling responsiveness? And the last two that I want to unpack here is commitment, commitment, right? This has probably been one of the most challenging ones for me is can I continue on challenging, but also I'm going to say, I'm going to give myself a high five on this. You know, am I committed to the long game? Am I committed to showing up on the days? I don't feel like it. And my hair's messy and I got white hairs coming out. I don't want to be on video. Am I committed to doing the workout when I don't feel like working out? Am I committed to it? Because I'm committed to longevity. I'm committed to mental clarity. I'm committed to honoring my body. You know, as we think about the workouts, are we doing this? Are we following through that says, you know what? I'll do it even when I don't feel like it. And again, this isn't a force or a push. To me, it's an honoring and a respecting of the thing that we truly honor. And I'm going to use the example of the workout. You know, when I was going to the gym this morning, and I, I was just reflecting on, you know, there's a couple things that little deviation for a second. There's a couple things that are factors in longevity, and there's three tests that you can do. Number one is your hand grip strength, right? Like, h- how good is your grip? That's a sign of how long you'll live. Actually, that there's a direct correlation between your hand grip strength, and the longevity. The second thing is how quickly you walk, like your pace when you walk, right? And My old health coach brain wants to kick in and tell you all the reasons why, you know, this matters. And like for hip health and like what this means, but the structure of your hips, your core, the momentum that your cardiovascular, like it tells so much. It's like, how's my stride? Or am I like slowly dragging myself along and everything's in pain, right? The third is, can you get down on the ground and get up? Can you sit down and get up without assistance? Without needing a chair or another person pulling you up, and the less limbs the better right so from the ground can you get up without using your hands that 's like super awesome factor of longevity because now we 've got mobility we 've got strength we 've got flexibility, and i 'm sharing those three factors because in and of itself, they seem like what 's the big deal? hand grip, blah, whatever, how fast you walk i don 't feel like walking fast, get down, get up, I always have something around. But see, the ability, the ability to do these things well comes from the commitment of doing the flexibility work, of doing the strength training, of even running the drills, right? Just get down, get up, get down, get up, squeeze the ball, right? Whether it's a, it's one of those like stress balls or like the little hand grip exercises that we have around here laying around, but it's like the commitment of showing up. I'm so excited to be nearing 100 episodes of the podcast and that's like, for me, that was a huge feat of commitment of showing up every week consistently, even when the ratings were low, just getting in the practice, committing to being in the expression. And so... I think that this is really the heart that I'm after more and more and to cultivate the characters like I'm committed father, right? I'm committed to showing up until I'm directed. Otherwise I'm committed to cultivating a healthy, vibrant body, uh, a voice, a boldness in my voice that is humble and bold sharing from life experiences. What are you committed to that you are consistent with? Right. And that's really part of the character strength that we're here for in in multiplication and and it's just like with our own kids, right? We can see our children when they're committed to practicing the volleyball drills, the soccer drills, they're, you know, whatever it is, their homework, they're just committed to being a great friend. The rewards do come, right? The blessings do come. The multiplication does come. And it's not that overnight success. We all know the story. So we're not going to go down that the last one here is really this this a quality, the character of being someone, a man, a woman who completes things, who finishes things, who actually does it all the way through, right? And it's like, it is done. That thing you gave me, it is done. You guys have heard me talk a lot about me being in the process of writing this book. And as I started to like, allow it to get dragged out And I had these huge pockets of not writing and I kept thinking, I'm going to get back to it. I'm going to get back to it. It was like my soul started to get tormented a little bit and I started to get restless and anxious and it wasn't a fear. It was like there was something in me that was like, I need to complete this. I want to be able to say to God, to myself, to my inner woman that, look, we have received this assignment. I poured my heart into it. I did it with excellence. I did it to the best of my ability and more, and it is done. It's complete and I want to be able to give it back. And I'm really close to completing this and I want to celebrate like heck when I do. I'm almost ready to give it back. It's got to go through edits, but I want to be able to give it back to God and just say, okay, I did my part and now I'll continue to show up. I'll continue to be consistent and maybe promoting it or getting out, but I got to give the outcome to you, the ultimate outcome of how many people this gets into the hands of or, you know, how quickly it multiplies. Like I'll continue to do the things, but I'm excited to also give it back. Right. And say, I'm, I did this. It's done. Now what, now what? And again, going back to the, the conversation around the kids, it's that beautiful conversation with the kiddos, you know, when we're doing the Sunday chores or we're doing the Saturday chores and there's, you know, it was gorgeous outside this weekend. And so we told the kids like, we're going to be outside. You can do stuff, but it's going to be outside. We are not going to be on iPads inside. We're not going to be in our rooms. We're going to be outdoors, either playing volleyball, playing tennis, going for walks, doing yard work, like find something to do. And it is cool as a parent. It's exciting when you give your kid a task or you give them an assignment and then they come back and they say, mom, I did it. I did it well. It's done. What else? Right. And they're so desiring And wanting to please you. And then you like naturally want to give them a reward. It's like, thank you, good and faithful, you know, child, good and faithful servant, as we're told in the story of the talents, and we're blessed with even more. And so I'm actually gonna pause here for a second, but really thinking about these five characteristics of eagerness, right? Having an eager spirit, an eager heart, having a heart of excellence, a character of excellence, being a woman or a man of excellence, being a woman or a man that is responsive to the need of others, not reactive, being a man or woman who is committed and one who completes, And I thought a little bit of this, there was a little bit of negotiating going on in my head. Cause I was like, yeah, but I'm an initiator. I'm not a finisher, you know, like I'm more of a, a visionary. And I want to say that completion can look like executing and delegating too. Right. But you know, the things that you've been called to finish, to clean up. And right now, you know, it's been very humbling the humbling that has taken place. And this is what I love. Like when God starts to humble us, he does it in such a loving way. Like he opens our (laughs) eyes to the ways we have been showing up that are just totally getting in our own way. And we're like, Oh my gosh. But it's never through this like judgmental, harsh, critical, shameful guilt. It's none of that. It's like, there's such a humbling, but a loving humbling that happens. And as I study more and I look at, you know, the character the first of all, what's being impressed on my heart that I want to create and the vision that's been given to me as a visionary, and maybe you guys are in business and you, you are seeing the vision and you are feeling the fire burning inside of you, wanting to build something more. And you also have this hesitation. That's like, I don't know if I have what it takes to make that happen. Well, I know it's like, it ain't going to be just me. Right. And he's going to equip me through the process. I'm going to be equipped through the process. And part of that equipping is also the humbling. That makes me go, okay, do I have the character yet to hold, sustain, and multiply that thing that I'm about to be blessed with? Because if I can open my eyes humbly and say, okay, I get to like really work on this excellent thing for a bit. There's some things I need to clean up and complete so that I can get the divine set up. And I've been really humbled and Mark and I have been really humbled in this last season here on really cleaning things up, right? Right stepping into more of an air of excellence in our home, not a superiority where we're judging each other, but holding a higher standard and finishing, really finishing, finishing, setting things up where we're not putting out fires anymore, but there is time, there's spaciousness, there's peace because we have set up systems of excellence and completion. And we can do it in a fun way, right? Like what if it gets to be fun? And what if we get to like give ourselves a lot of grace in the process, but. I'm going to pause and I'm going to end this here and I'm going to do the next section in the next podcast because I really want those things to marinate with you. But as I leave you today, I hope that I left you with some things to meditate on, to consider when it comes to, you know, are you in a place where you are wanting more, desiring more in your life, would love to be blessed more abundantly with less stress, less anxiousness. I do believe that when we are being blessed and we're in alignment, we're in the right path, all the things get added unto us, right? Like the money, the cars, the the joy, the family, the connections, the opportunities, like there's nothing wrong with those things, right? We can enjoy them. It's just like a kid having toys, but it's not what we're chasing. And we're not agitated and anxious and freaked out, By things coming in our life or things going, because we know things will be added, things will be given, things will be multiplied. But we keep our focus in the right place, making sure that our heart's in the right place. And so I've been really humbled in this. I'm continuing to grow. I'm a massive student. I feel like one of those children right now. And I want to leave you with that like, really coming back to the childlike heart, the childlike wonder, regardless of where you're at, whether you're leading a huge organization or you're leading a family or you're leading yourself, is like, Do you have the heart that says, Father, I'll do it. I'll go. I'll go first. Leaders go first, right? Do I have the heart that says, Father, I'm going to do it well. I want to do it well. And I'm going to be the one that does it well. Do you have the heart that says, Father, I see a need. I'm going to move towards that. And I'm going to trust that you're going to meet my need as I move towards that need. Are you going to have the heart that says, I'll do it even when it gets tough, I'm not going to complain or quit or get angry or blame you or blame them. I'm going to show up and do the best I can and be consistent. And do we have the heart that says, father, it is done. It is complete. What's next. And I think that is what is so exciting as we move into new chapters and new seasons of our life is that we want to know I've done a good job, right? I've done it with excellence. I've done it with an open heart, with a responding to the needs. I've been a good steward, a good leader, right? In the place that I was entrusted and more will be added unto me. So as I lean into this, like what's in this season of my life right now that I get to cultivate more, maybe I got some work to do on my heart. Maybe I get some standards I get to upgrade. You know, I get to be showing up with a little bit of a different attitude. Maybe it's, I get to instill these things. In my team and my children, right? Not just talk about them, but role model them and then normalize these conversations without feeling bad or guilty like we're being mean. We're raising the bar. We're inviting people up. We're raising people up with us. And together, we can co-create so much more. We can multiply, not only in ourselves, but in others. And God can do so much more in us and through us. So I hope that this conversation left you refreshed, energized, some things to meditate on. If you enjoyed the show, please go ahead and forward this right now to one person that comes on into your mind, into your heart that needs to receive this message. And as always, I love to hear from you guys. You can connect with me at the Christine Jewel on Instagram or follow the links before, uh, below, not before. Um, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for listening. And I want to thank you for rising up as a powerful co-creator until next time. Here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable heart shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game changing assessment tool, and exclusive member only offers. Until next time, Warriors to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.